Naked Live podcast, where we are redefining the strong Black woman. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard, and I am super excited to bring you intimately honest, sometimes uncomfortable, yet strangely funny conversations and real life stories on how emotionally draining being a strong Black woman can be. Each episode is designed to help you find the courage to embrace your emotional nakedness, define strength on your own own terms, burn that superwoman cape because you know you are sick of wearing it and learn to love life unmasked. All right, welcome back to another episode of Get Naked Live. Today in my virtual studio, I have Miss Adelaide Brown, who is going to be sharing some of her journey with us. Welcome to the podcast, Adelaide. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. I appreciate you guys. Hello. How are you? Doing wonderful. Even better being here. Thank you for having me on. How are you? Oh, absolutely. Wonderful. Now, Adelaide, before we dive into your story, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, why you do it, what you're passionate about, all that good stuff. Okay, excellent. Hello, everyone. I am Adelaide Brown, your heart coach. And I work with individuals to help them confront matters of the heart so that they can live authentically on purpose. I do it because I was a prisoner to my own low self-esteem, my own lack of self-worth. And when God started to guide me and lead me out of this, this emotional, spiritual, physical prison, I felt like I was obligated to go back and help others. Like the great Maya Angelou is a proverb she always quotes, when you get, give, when you learn, teach. And Mm -hmm. I know how it feels to be bound up and I want to help others get out of that state. Absolutely. And I love that because it ties right in to get naked and, and what we're all about because our ultimate goal here is to help women free themselves from the burden of strength while encouraging them and showing them how to embrace their emotional nakedness. And so I know you said that you were tied up and bound up and some things. So let's talk about that a little bit and kind of share with how you came out of that, kind of share your journey, paint a picture for us. Okay. I guess it would be right to kind of just kind of go back a little bit to my childhood. I grew up a with a single mom and it was, you know, it was common where I was from, but that didn't change how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that until I got older because so many of my friends grew up without a father. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much it had imp- impacted us emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so as I grew up, there was always this void there. My mother fell to a sickness, an illness of addiction to drugs and alcohol, and it just really spiraled. And she also had lupus. And Mm -hmm. it just was very, it was a toxic environment growing up. So I had to grow up really fast. I got pregnant at 17. I had my first child at 18 and five days old. And I was very strong and hard on the surface, but I was literally like putty on the inside. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I really, that was pretty much my existence up until I was about 28 or 29. 
And that's when I really started this self-help, personal development, spiritual development journey. I had accepted Jesus into my life at 21 because I was just in a very difficult state. I was transitioning out of my childhood relationship with when I, you know, my teenage love and Mm -hmm. learning about life. My mom and I were not talking. So I accepted Christ, but I did all of the things that a lot of Christians do that I noticed. I, I felt like I was so bad. I was trying to be good enough for God to love me. I got to like my late 20s going into my 30s that I seek him for relationship and not, I didn't just seek him for just to be, just to not go to hell, you know, just so that I, and that really changed my life when I realized that, you know, I could live what was being said in the Bible, but when I realized it was going to require a level of vulnerability or nakedness, like you like to say, then, um, what I was willing to give. So do you think you, do you think that you were at a point in your life where you felt like being strong was a burden on you? Yes. I felt like being strong was a burden to me because, well, I didn't know it was a burden to me until I started to seek God to understand my life a little better. Mm -hmm. I thought I knew because I had to be independent. I had to grow up so fast. I thought that I knew what was required. You know, I thought that I, I, you know, I'm, I'm this strong black woman and, you know, I'm not, and it's funny, Shirley, because I write about this in my new book that's about to be released. Like specifically these questions you're asking me, I write about this because I felt like my independence and my strength was my identity. And if I didn't have that, I didn't have anything. So when life started to show me how I was not in control, I felt like putty. Like I, I felt like I was limitless. Lim- I was limited in what I could do. I, it wasn't much I could do, and and I felt that way because I realized that that independence wasn't going to serve me where God was taking me. But I didn't right. know. So when when you say I felt like putty on the inside. All this time, your exterior is showing a strong individual. Mm-hmm. She's got she's got it going on. She's doing great things. She's the person I want to be. But on the inside, the the inside wasn't matching what mm-hmm. was on what was on the outside. So, what did that look like for your friends and your family? Did they oh, my think friend, Adelaide was was this big pillar of strength? My friends and family. My friends and family. They thought they just thought I had it together, but I mm-hmm. think it was also it was easier to, to to feel that way. I mean, even if you think so, I look at it like this, when you I was somebody that was that's considered like a pillar in mm-hmm. my family. So when you when you're when you play that role and you're in that space, it's almost like you're playing a part mm-hmm. at this right. at this time. Uh-huh. And right. I was I was just in formation. So you, you, just, you, you were just doing what was expected of you. There you go. There you and, but how, but how miserable was that? Was it, was it a miserable existence for you? I don't think, I don't even know. Miserable is a great word. And I don't even know if it does it justice. Oh, okay. what I was going through. I wow. was, I was like, I, okay, let me, let me just say this. I fundamentally thought something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm fundamentally now mm-hmm. at the core. Mm-hmm. So I was not 
I was not seeing from the inside out the person that people were seeing from the outside looking in. So that was miserable because I, I want to be this great person, but I just don't believe I am. And, and so it's like you, you're in this great battle in between. It's, and, it, and a lot of it was because I had not, I had to grow up and be very independent as far as survival and taking mm -hmm. care of myself. But I was very immature emotionally, very underdeveloped emotionally, like you were just talking about getting emotionally naked. So what that meant was I, I was very easily offended. Mm -hmm. I was the type of person who very passive aggressive. I'm mm -hmm. okay, but you can visibly tell I'm not okay. And right, I would right. and I would live in that. And I would get angry at people who could see me. Not, mm -hmm. you know, physically see me, but people who could see through it. Mm -hmm. I would get angry with them because they weren't supposed to see that. They were supposed to be blinded and by the mask like everybody else. And 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 saying all of that, I wasn't consciously feeling like I was putting on. It wasn't until I started to evaluate my heart. Like, you know how the Bible tells you to search your heart, search my heart, that I realized that I was in that space. Mm -hmm. I realized that man, I'm more miserable than I think I am. So Adelaide, what happened in, in your life that made you say that I need to check this? What happened that made you say, okay, I need to search my heart. I need to fix my heart. Was there some, some, some event that occurred? That's a great question, Shirley. I will say that I've had levels of awakening to that. Mm -hmm. But what I will say, I think the biggest thing that happened is when I got pregnant with my last child. Mm -hmm. I got pregnant with my last child. I was still not married. I, I got pregnant again out of wedlock. And I had promised God I wasn't having any more abortions. It was one of those things where I was talking the talk. I felt I was very active in the church. I was mm -hmm. teaching Sunday school and all of that. And I remember my pastor asked me to do something. She, she was just asking me, I think, to start teaching Sunday school or something. And I just found out I was praying and I told her, because, you know, I grew up in a Baptist church and, mm -hmm. you know, when you get pregnant, you know, you have you to sit down. Pregnant. There you go. All of that good stuff. <laughs> so, you know what I'm talking about. You sit so, down. Yeah, you don't do anything. You don't do anything, right? Because nobody in here is having sex out of right. marriage, right. right? Nobody right. but you because you're pregnant. Right. Um, and so I told her, I said, you know, I, I appreciate this. I'm honored that you would ask me, but I just find out I'm pregnant and I'm just really trying to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't, I didn't accept the pregnancy initially. God gave me two dreams. One when I was about going into my second trimester and then, um, well, ending the first, going into the second and one like halfway through the second, like right before I found out what I was having. And I didn't accept the baby so much, but it really wasn't so much of a rejection of the baby. It was a rejection of myself. And God gave me these two dreams and pretty much showed me that my baby was going to be special needs if I didn't in my heart, accept him. I was saying that I was okay with the pregnancy, but in my heart, I had a lot of anger and frustration with myself. Really start asking myself, what is this? Like, mm -hmm. what is this coming from? Where is this anger and frustration coming from when you're a child of the king and you know these scriptures? Why isn't this connecting? You, mm -hmm. Yes, you're caught in a fault. Yes, you are like the like the adulterous woman. But Jesus stood there and said, "He who was out sin cast a stone, and nobody cast right, a stone." Right. So why can't I receive this grace? And so I pretty much started 
like, and so in that he started to warm my heart when I felt so wretched. And when I say he, I'm mm-hmm. talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about God, the father, by way of the Holy Spirit, you know, really starting to lavish me with that love. And it, and it really forced me to say, I, I got to do something different. So right. I go back to the same Bible and I go back to same church and I go back, but I'm, 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 I am now curious in a new way, in a mm-hmm. different way. Mm-hmm. And that's really what started it. I was like, I want more, like for you to love me like this when I don't deserve it. Then I go to Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. And I'm like, I want exceeding and abundantly, whatever mm-hmm. that is, I want it. And like, why do you think that as women, in your in your opinion, and just based on your experiences, why do you think women do, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we feel like we have to wear this mask all the time and, and pretend like we're okay when we're not okay? I think that is, I think that is, there are levels to answers to this question, mm-hmm. but, and I just, we would have to do like 12 interviews to tackle <laughs> But I think, I mean, when we say women, I think culturally, we live in a society that is pretty much, it is, it is, it contradicts itself and what it expects from women. Mm-hmm. And we grow up, we grow up with these expectations of, out of life, out of men, out of, out of culture that really aren't there. It's like, we see one thing on TV but when it's time to live life, it's a completely different experience. And I think that a lot of people, when faced with life like I was, you're like, this is harder than this looks. is is more difficult right. than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then as women, and more specifically, I'm going to zero in on Black women. Mm-hmm. I feel like culturally, we've had to bear the burden for everyone. Our mm-hmm. men are being castrated, if not physically, definitely spiritually and emotionally mm-hmm. and intellectually. So we're we're nurturers by nature, right. but 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 our 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 strength, our backbone is being torn down. So what do we do? We rise to the occasion and we become these lioness. But then I feel like we miss what is really supposed to be. I think that so many of us have been in survival mode. We've watched mm-hmm. our mothers and our grandmothers. Mm-hmm survival mode mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's like fight versus flight it does something different to your body you know your immune system and all of that you can do it your adrenaline but you're wiping yourself out mm-hmm. and I and, and and it's like that physiologically in our bodies and I feel like culturally we do that I feel like we in some sense we don't really have a choice but when you when you learn how to use your tools that God has given you in a better way, I feel like you find that you have more choices. I hope I answered that, but I just feel like- You did, because I agree with you. I I think that culturally, you know, it's it's just what we've known. You know, even, you know, it dates, you know, back to slavery days, we've always taken care of other people and we've always put other people's needs before ours. And so I think you're right when you say that, you know, it's it's a cultural thing. But I I was talking to this young man a, a couple of days ago and we were talking about the podcast and we were talking about the strong black woman. And he was, you know, saying that, you know, people are just people. But what I wanted him to realize in our conversation was that, yes, people are just people. Women are just women, but our experiences are not the same. And so mm-hmm. there's a need for us to continue to have these conversations to let our women know that it's okay if you don't have it together every day. Because yes. there, there are going to be some days where 
your life is going to be falling apart or, or it's going to seem like it's falling apart. And that's perfectly okay. And I think as women, as Black women, we have to get to a point where we are okay with that. So Adelaide, what would you, you suggest that we do? I know I love the work that you're doing because you're dealing with the heart of the situation. You're helping women get to the core of why they they are ashamed and why they're they're wrestling with guilt and not being able to be emotional when they need to. So I love the work that you're doing. So what do you think we can do to continue to have this conversation and not just have the conversation, but to positively affect change in our communities? That's a great question. And thank you so much for the, the lovely compliment. I think that we have to open ourselves up to being vulnerable. Here again, this is another loaded question, of course, that has levels to it, but just simply put, we have to, I feel like many of us, especially those women of faith, and I mean women who have accepted Jesus as their savior, Mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. many of us accepted him, it was almost like we were on the run. Mm -hmm. It's like, it was like a spiritual, it was like a safe house. And I feel like we forget that we're, once we accept him, we no longer have to run anymore. Run from the from the abuse, the neglect, mm-hmm. the molestation, the rape, the, the the prejudice, the racism. We don't have to run from the shame, the doubt, mm-hmm. the low, you know, the, the the insecurity, low self-esteem. We we can stand strong and say, this is what I'm dealing with, but this is not who I am. Right. But, so, but we cannot recognize that until we're willing to confront it. So I feel like, if anything, women need to understand that one is not easy. I don't mm-hmm. like when people make it like it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. I think that that's something we need to acknowledge. It's hard to break out of that shell. It's hard to realize that, one, I cannot trust myself the way I tried to convince myself that I could. Mm-hmm. And two, in order for me to get help, I'm going to have to acknowledge I'm hurting. So I'm going to have to expose my wounds to somebody. So in order, So for us to get out of that, I feel like we have to start exposing our wounds. I, I think you're absolutely right about that. We need to put it on the forefront. We need to say, hey, this is what it is. This is what I've been through. I am hurting. I need help. But I do want to talk about, because I'm, I'm a Christian. I've been saved since I was 16 years old. And in that, I know that there is a lot of, of people that instead of running to God when tragedy strikes, we run in the opposite di- direction. I've been mm-hmm. hurt. I've been that girl before. And then mm-hmm. there are these situations where there's a lot of church hurt. You know, mm-hmm. people feel like, you know, they're judging me, you know, because, because mm-hmm. I did. Like you say, you got pregnant. I don't know if people judge you. But I know when I got pregnant at the age of 16, I, I was in the Baptist church as well. And people judged me. They judged me oh, and they yes. judged my sister and they, ju- they judged my mom because they didn't think she was a good parent, you know, because here you are, you have two daughters that are, that are pregnant. What about the church? What can the church do differently to help us be okay when our lives are not okay? Well, that's another that's, loaded question. That's another loaded question. You, you are loading these questions. Uh, <laughs> what can the church do differently? The church can be the church. Mm-hmm. The church can stop being the synagogue for the Pharisees, mm-hmm. and the church can start being the the church that's in Acts. The church that, when you look at what Jesus did, when you when we talk about how we were judged, because I did feel judged. Mm-hmm. I've had the privilege in the last year and a half to really revisit my 17 year old self and getting pregnant, and I realized that I had abandoned her. 
because mm-hmm. I was trying to get as far away from her as I could. But mm-hmm. now that I have a 17 year old, it's different. You know what I'm saying? It's very different. And I don't want to run from her because she's unlocking my relationship with my daughter. And, um, and, and that's what I mean by the church. I feel like women and men should be able to run to the church mm-hmm. for this type of, um, for this type of triage, this type of, this type of help. It, mm-hmm. it, it's critical care. It's like going to an ER, but the church has to get out of this super and and i don't know much of the church globally because i've never met left the united states and but i research that i've done and just looking at things over time i feel like we have to get back to the word we have to redirect people back to like to the word themselves i feel like people need to be properly equipped to deal with life so I feel like the church has to stop trying to keep up with the trends in churches mm-hmm. and, and, and individuals tap into what's going on in this congregation and what do we what do we need? What are the what's lacking here? And we have to go from that base. And I and it's like and I feel like we have to get back from we have to make one to one connections as the body. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have to get past just the you know, praying hands emoji on Facebook and actually showing up at somebody's house. Like, can Girl, I pray? Yes. And I feel like we have to get past the, you know, um, I'll shoot you an email, but I'm going to send you a letter in the mail with a stamp that's, that I wrote. Like, just little things. I feel like I feel like the church has to reconnect. I feel mm-hmm. like the church has gone so social mm-hmm. that it's missing the core it is the core but i do feel like the church has to do a better job of equipping individuals not to have an emotional high on sundays and maybe on wednesday nights but equipping them to deal with life day to day absolutely i agree with that we because oftentimes you know we beat people up because they they make one mistake adelaide mm-hmm. and, and we've doomed them to hell but god is a forgiving god and he forgives us. And I think that we need to start doing the way, loving people the way God loves people. You can't just throw people away because they made a bad choice. You know, you have to love them back into the arms of Christ. You can't just say, girl, I'm done with you. It just, it just doesn't work that way. Exactly. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. And I just want to say this one thing. I, I feel like a lot of times when we see that, we have to be very clear. That when mm-hmm. people have trouble loving and forgiving, it's mm-hmm. because the same thing is going on internally. Absolutely. When you have been greatly loved, you will greatly love. Absolutely. When you have been greatly forgiven, you will be. But when you're holding yourself in contempt, mm-hmm. it's so easy to hold others there as well. Girl, yes. Yes, you are so right about that, Adelaide, because hurt people hurt people. You are you so go. right about that. Yes. So Adelaide, just from your personal experience, what are some of the things that you think people say about us as strong black women? And how how have how has some of those things affected your personal life? You mean just rant like just people what they're saying randomly? Just, just, just society, religion, yeah, society. you know. Oh yeah, they're angry. They are we're dependable, yet we're hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. We are beautiful but then ugly all at the same time. We are we are needed, but then treated like we're just dispensable. What do people say? Why is she so angry? What is wrong with her? What's her issue? Mm-hmm. Why does she act like that? 
not understanding that there is a story behind it. And I think that um, people, so a lot of people think that we're ignorant, that mm-hmm. we just don't know, like, we're not aware, even though we're angry. I, I, I don't like to, I don't like to say we're angry and just generalize people, but we are hurt and very misunderstood. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I will say we're even very misunderstood by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what a lot of what's being said is just not accurate. It's a lot of things being said, but a lot of it isn't accurate. I agree with that. And I think on those times when we are pegged as angry, like you said, it's not anger, it's hurt. Mm-hmm. And we we just have not learned how to properly express that mm-hmm. hurt. So again, that goes back to the work of the church. It goes back to the work that you're doing, teaching our women how to properly express their emotions. So I love the work that you're doing, and I'm sure you're probably busy in your church with some ladies there too. So kudos, girl, for taking on that awesome task, but that, because that's a lot to have to oh, take yeah. on, but it's so, it's such a needed yeah. thing in amongst our community. So, and I've listened to some of your heart talks on on Monday on Monday nights, and I've heard some of the conversations, and I've heard the women sharing. So I know that you are making a difference in our community. So I I appreciate you for for taking on that task. Now, thank you. Anything that you have going on in your life that you want us to know about? Any upcoming events, things of that sort? Yes, I want to say one last thing before okay. I get to that question. Just just to kind of because you said something about like how where people see us as angry but we're hurt mm-hmm. and I feel and I agree and I just want to say this I want people to understand that anger is an emotion that God gave us mm-hmm. as a just like every other emotion it's a sign that mm-hmm. something needs to be addressed mm-hmm. and what we have not really been allowed as black women to work through our levels of emotion usually anger is the first thing that bubbles out because it it it, it, it just encompasses is so much packed into that but when we're allowed to channel that the right way then you start to get to the hurt or the disappointment or the rejection or the envy the doubt the whatever it is but Mm -hmm. anger is a defense mechanism right and I just I just I just wanted to let people know that when you're angry don't stop there whoever's listening just when you get angry don't stop there don't stop because your voice got raised well, we'll talk to somebody who can handle your voice being read and get it out and journal and whatever. So I just wanted to just add that because I just think people hear that and it's like, well, I'm okay. You're just telling me how bad I am even more. And I'm like, no, you need to understand that that's exactly. with what you're dealing with. So I just wanted to say that. And um, to answer your question, I have a few great things going on. One being I'm very excited about my new book that's coming out and it's entitled Help save me from my broken heart, your journey <laughs> and loving again. And help save me is a book that takes you through the divine heart transplant process. It's a six-step process that I do personally with my coaching clients, but it's also the six steps that I use to for my life to be transformed. So this mm-hmm. is me putting just my and I'm excited because this is my first time doing this my first book is a devotional so it's a completely different type of book Mm -hmm. and this is a Christian personal development and I'm excited because I'm pretty much doing what you're doing what you're talking about tonight just kind of 
giving people a tool. It is, it's like a book slash workbook. There are questions that for you to work through as you go through the book mm-hmm. and it will become a workbook as time goes on, but it is in pre-order stage right now. People can check it out at theheartconnections.com and um, they can pre-order it right now. It's only $10 and I'm looking to press publish my goal is before the end of May, so definitely by May 31st, but it looks like by next week, it'll be officially published and I can start sending that out. So I'm really excited about that. The, okay. the second thing is I do a a daily, a weekday talk show, radio, internet radio talk show called Heart Connections on kinetichifi.com. And you can go to the website, kinetichifi.com, K-I-N-E-T-I-C-H-I-F-I.com. You can also look us up in the Google Play Store under Kinetic. If you not don't want to download that app, you can, if you have the Simple Radio app for iPhone or Droid or TuneIn Radio app, you can look us up in there and catch, and catch me um, on the show Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And, and what um, kind of topics, topics are you talking about on the show, Adelaide? Okay, and the show is a talk slash, it does, we do have music, so it's like a music, a radio show with music and talk radio. And I talk about heart talk topics, so I talk about whatever is pressing, I talk about overcoming adversity. Uh, we have mm-hmm. relationship topics last week. We're talking about lupus, because um, this is Lupus Awareness Month, and my mom was diagnosed with lupus back in 1980. So I talk about various topics that are that are impacting people on a daily basis. I kind of poll my followers and, and some people that I'm around and just see where they are. I pay attention to the news and kind of feel people and talk about those topics. And I always have people, you know, sending me things like, I want I want you to talk about this and right. I want right. to talk about that. And it's a mix. It's not a gospel radio show. It's a mix. It's inspirational music. It's a, it's a lot of R&B and pop. It's some reggae. It's definitely inspirational music, some oldies. It's a very good mix of music, definitely clean radio. And I do heart <laughs> talk every hour. I do heart talk every hour. Amazing. And, and I've also tuned in to some of that too, guys. So definitely check it out. She has some great guests coming on that's sharing great information. So if you get a chance, definitely check it out. And we'll have all the LLA's information in the show notes of this episode. So if you happen to miss anything that she that she's given us today, you can just hop over to GetNakedLive.com, click on her episode, view the show notes, and all of her contact information will be listed there along with how you can purchase her book. And the name of the book is Help Save Me From My Broken Heart, Your Journey to Living and Loving Again. That's a great title, Adelaide. That's Thank such you. a good title. So Adelaide, before we wrap it up and get out of here, I like mm-hmm. to do a few rapid questions with my um, rapid fire questions with my guests. My first question for you is, if you could go to any concert, past or present, what would it be? okay it would be live it would be this would be a crazy concert it would be it would be ray charles stevie wonder michael jackson patty labelle some good people though girl beyonce and it'll be like yeah i will be there like for three days it's like (laughs) 
I'll shower in the bathroom or something. But yeah, definitely. I would love that that mix of I could just hear like Ray Charles live and get um get like Stevie Wonder and or you know, just and throw some Erica Badu in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then crazy because then I would want to hear like some Chris Tomlin to so, like a loaded so you would just have a melting pot. Yes. Everybody <laughs> would feel safe at this concert. Trust me. Okay. Number two, what is one thing every woman should try once in her lifetime? To be real and tell the truth. What? Yes, you went there, huh? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last one. The absolute must do on your bucket list. Learn to play the saxophone. Yes, Do you play an yes. instrument at all? Nah, yeah, joyful noise with this throat of mine. That's about it. <laughs> but I have always admired the, who's that, like Kenny G or one of the, like, uh-huh, the yeah. Uh-huh. I absolutely think the saxophone is just an just a enchanting it is. Um, instrument. And I've just, I just told my children that I am going, my son had a book and somebody was playing a saxophone in the book. And I was like, hey, that's the instrument mom is going to learn. So that's it right there. All right. I'm looking forward to hear you play something. Oh, Shirley, stop it. Because <laughs> I know you go do it. All right. We're going to get ready to get out of here. But before we get out, Adelaide, parting words, what is the one thing you want our listeners to take away from this conversation? I want our listeners to take away from this conversation. I want them to know the power that they possess within. Mm. Many times we're waiting for a savior to swoop in and save us. Mm-hmm. He, he did that 2,000 years ago. Yes, on the he cross. did. And I was angry when I realized that. But when I finally got over the anger, like we talked about, mm-hmm. and got to the root of it, I felt a level of power, the energy. I think 2 Corinthians said we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I realized the treasure in this earthen vessel and it changed my life so radically that I, I have to help others. So mm-hmm. I just want people to know that they have power in them. There's nobody that's going to come and save them. They're going to choose that they are already saved and they're going to walk out in that. So they just heal. And, and, and my, my closing words, my tagline, and I believe it, Heal your heart, you transform your life. Yes. Thank you so much, Adelaide. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story with us. All these good golden nuggets. Thank you for all of that. And again, all of Adelaide's information will be in the show notes. So please check it out. Get in touch with her. If you need some help with your heart, I'm telling you, she is the one for you. So get in touch. All right, guys. You're welcome, Adelaide. Thank you so much for being on. All right, guys, we are out of here. I will see you on the other side. Express yourself, can make it vulnerable, can make it, you can make it.